0: It's good to see everybody here today. I'm glad you showed up, but I'm more, I'm more importantly glad that the Lord showed up today. Uh, and I always want to make sure the Lord feels welcome in His own house. Amen. How many of you have ever went through a struggle? Uh, there's only about fifty of you. So I'm preaching to all the other crowd. (laughs) No, really, how many of you have gone through a struggle? And perhaps you're going through a struggle right now. So I want to talk to you today from this subject. It's always a good day. It's always a good day. It's always a good day. I'm going to kind of let everything settle down here just a moment before I start. Um, According to the Bureau of Standards in Washington, a dense fog covering seven city blocks to a depth of 100 feet is composed of less than one glass of water. Did you get that? A dense fog covering seven city blocks to a depth of 100 feet is composed of less than one glass of water. That amount of water is divided into about 60 billion tiny droplets. Yet when those minute particles settle over a city or a countryside, they can almost blot out everything from your sight. Many Christians live today and live their lives in a fog. They allow a cupful of troubles to cloud their vision and dampen their spirit. Little things that keep us from trusting and having faith in God. Just a cupful of trouble. And their lives are being choked out by the cares of this world. And so many people say, I'm having a bad day. Because they're having a cup full of troubles. Hmm. There was a king of Syria who was in war against God's people. And every time he would lay in wait to ambush Israel... God warned them through the prophet Elisha not to go in that direction. This made the king mad, so he asked, who is responsible for this treason? They said, O oh, sorry, it's none of us but a prophet of Israel by the name of Elisha, who I heard hears from God. So the king says, Go and spy where he is at that I may send and fetch him. And then they said, Well, uh, it's been told that he is in Dothan. So the king sent horses and chariots and a great host of soldiers, and they came during the night and circled the city. And then we find the rest of the story is going on in 2 Kings, the 6th chapter and the 15th verse. And when the servant of the man of God, when the servant of Elisha was risen early in the morning, and he went out of his room, and he had gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots, and his servant, out of fear, said unto him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? The servant said to Elisha, what are we going to do in this circumstance? What the servant didn't understand was it was only a cup full of trouble. But yet he only perceived what he could see, but not what he should have known. I see... An army that has circled the city, but I do not see God in my faith. A cup full of trouble. So what he saw is this is an impossible situation. What he could see was we are doomed and this is as far as we're going to go. They're so great. So they're here to take us prisoners and possibly execute us. All that boy could see was it can't get any worse than this. What can we do? What can we do other than give up to the problem that we are faced with? We have no other choice other than to quit. So many people quit on a cup full of of trouble. Many people quit on God before he can prove that he is God. Let me say that again. Many people quit on God before he can prove that he is God. When we face insurmountable odds, it's not too big for God. God is well, and God is able. David even gives us a little insight to this in Psalms 20 and 6. He says, now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. I could stop right there and preach a whole message on that alone. That God is going to protect his people. When you stand with the Lord, you can stand against anything. But when you stand with the world, you're going to fall every time. Do I get a witness in this house today? Amen. I think it'd be good right now if you just throw your hands in the air and thank the Lord for already giving you a word that you need. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God, you saveth your anointed. Amen. So he goes on to say, now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear. He will hear him from his holy heaven. Ah. God's ear is not short or Heavy and his arm is not short, that he cannot touch you or hear you. And he says, I know that my God hears me from the heavens. And he has the saving strength of his right hand upon my life. Seventh verse Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we. Who's we? I'll tell you who we are. We're the anointed that says some trust in chariots and some trust in horses but we remember the name of our Lord our God. We remember, we remember, we remember even when it's a cup full of trouble. We remember that God has never failed us and God will never forsake us but God will be here every time. Even though the circumstances that are standing in front of me, I still in my faith. See a God that goes beyond the moment, a God that will bless me even though I'm going through the problems I'm going through, the troubles that I face he's still God and he's still on the throne and he still hears me when I cry for he saveth his anointed. Amen, don't take God out of the equation. why? because in the next verse it says, they are brought down and they are fallen. Who is they? The enemy are brought down and are fallen. But we, we, we are risen and we stand up upright. Amen. We want the devil to know that God is with us. So we shall arise. I said, we shall arise. Do I get a witness in this house that somewhere in our spirit? We got to get past what we're going through, and we should arise and stand up and let the devil know that you are not defeated and you will not be overcome, that God is in you and the anointing of God is on you. And while God is on you, you can stand up to the devil, let him see that I'm not bent over, I'm not laying down, I'm not walking in a crippled state. No, my posture is standing up and saying, God, you're still God, and you're still on the throne, and you've never failed me yet, and you are faithful that promised. Hallelujah, you are faithful that promised. Come on, Sister Williams. You are faithful to promise. I said, you are faithful to promise. You are faithful to promise. Your friends will fail you. Your church might fail you. God will never fail you. Your family may fail you. Amen. Your job and your employer may fail. But God, I said, God, I said, God, I said, God will never fail you. Don't quit on God. Don't quit on God. That's the only thing you have is God is in your corner. I said God is in your corner. They're brought down and are fallen. But we are risen and we stand in an upright posture. As long as you believe God is there, as long as you believe God is there with a cup full of problems, he's still there. Doesn't matter how many droplets it takes to create the problem. Oh, you gotta hear it now. He's still God. 60 billion tiny droplets don't even touch the surface. Of the power of God in your life. Oh, hear me now, hear me now, because they are brought down and are fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Amen. I believe he's still there. Amen. Even when I'm disappointed, he's still there. Even when I don't understand, he's still there. That's the difference between the servant and Elisha. The servant saw the army. Elisha saw the power of God. He knew who was in control. The situation wasn't greater than his God. The armies weren't greater than his God. The chariots and horses were not greater than his God. For we shall remember that even though I can't see him with my physical eyes, we shall remember God is there. Mm. So Elisha said to his servant in the 16th verse of 2 Kings, the 6th chapter, he said, And he answered and said to that boy, Fear not. Fear not, for they that are with us are more than they that are with them. Fear not. What he was really trying to get that boy to understand is you need to step on the other side. You're still looking through the eyes of what's going on in your life, but in your faith you need to see the other side. Oh, I'm trying to pull somebody out of where you are to the other side. That in your faith you can see something more than what you are faced with today. Amen. The devil would love nothing more than you to believe that you are doomed and you can't go any further. But he said, fear not, for they that are with us are more than they that are with them. Oh, let me give you scripture on this. It says in Romans 5.20, it says this. It says, moreover, the law entered That the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. What he's really saying is sin will not ever be greater than the power of God. We win even at death. He said, In this life is nothing but death. Why is that? Because, be, because of the fall of Adam and Eve, we all shall die. But there's something you got to see beyond just dying in this natural death. He said, Sin hath reigned unto death. But don't forget, where iniquity abounds, grace much more abounds. We win even at the death of this body. What is it we're going to receive? I'll tell you, eternal life. Sin hath reigned unto death. It's because of sin we all will die. But unto death, unto death, but after we have eternal life, we're going after death i mean we're going to see that there's going to be eternal life in Jesus Christ that's who he's protecting he says i protect my anointing i fight for god i fight for my children and we are god's children that he fights for Amen. hallelujah he says you need the lord to open the eyes of this young man so he can see that it's not over yet When you and I wake up and it's a cloudy day, it doesn't mean the sun is not there. The clouds move in on the day, but the sun sun is still shining on the other side of the clouds. When the storm comes in, the sun is still there. When the rain starts to pour, the sun is still there. When the winds blow, the sun is still shining. Amen. When the floods come in, the sun is still shining. The day is still the same, but it's the events that move in on that day. Don't get so distracted by the events that you don't realize that he, the sun, never changes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is still shining. God is still on the throne. Events may come in, problems may come in, a cup full of trouble may come in, (laughs) but yet he's still God and he's still on the throne. Hmm. I get tired of hearing some people complain about it's a bad day. It's a bad day, I'm having a bad day, I'm having a bad day, I'm having a bad day. There's no such thing as a bad day if you have faith in God. He said, well, that's not true. Well, it's really the un- only the unfolding of the events that come into your life and how you perceive them. Either make it a pleasant or unpleasant day. Whatever event that is moving in on your life, He says, why can't you have that joy unspeakable and full of glory experience? Are you dancing because that it's a sunshiny day? Or can you also dance knowing that the sun is going to shine even when the clouds are in the sky? See, see, you got to understand. Worship is not predicated on the events that move in on our day. It's really based on what do you see beyond those events. So when we dance, we don't dance. Come on, I'm I'm, I'm talking to somebody. We don't shout and get excited simply on the basis of what is present in our physical lives. But it's our faith in knowing God. God, how I perceive this depends on whether I get the victory or not. So when I perceive that God is always there, and I understand in my faith that He never changes, and, and I know that He's always available, and He hears my prayer, no matter how many events seem to impede my ability to see, that doesn't matter. In faith, I shall believe. That's why it says we walk by faith and not by sight. Do you get what I am preaching? We walk by faith and not by sight. Why? because I see something beyond all the soldiers that have circled this city. I see beyond the clouds that are impeding my ability to see in my physical eyes, but I know that God he is there. Some of you got to hear what your pastor's preaching. You might be sick in your body, but you need to still have faith in God. Some of you might be having issues uh, in your mind, and you're going through some things psychologically, but God Is still above it. Oh, I feel the anointing coming on your pastor right now. God is above it. Some of you need to shake off. You need to shake off that doubt and the confusion that the enemy is trying to put on you. It's only a cloud of confusion. God is still there. God God is still there. I said, God is still there. I said, God is still there. Make sure you get this, Coral, on Facebook or Instagram. A good day, a good day is not a pleasant day. A good day is not a pleasant day. A good day is that God is always there. Let me say it again. A good day is not a pleasant day. A good day is that God is always there. Even when the sun doesn't seem to be shining, it's still shining. Even when it seems like God has gone into stealth mode and he is silent and you don't seem to get a response in your prayers, God is still there. Job, don't you quit now. Job, don't you quit now. You've lost your family. You've lost your friends. You've lost your land and all of the crops that are on it. You have lost even the faith of your wife. You have lost your health, and here you are now sitting on a pile of ashes, scraping your body with pot shears. But don't you quit now, Job. God is still there. I wouldn't consider what Job's going through with just a a cup full of trouble. He knew God was there. He didn't understand why and what he was going through. But he had faith that God had never left him. A good day is not a pleasant day. A good day is that God is always there. So really, I'm telling you today, don't let a few little clouds ruin your day. It's always. My title up there. It's always a good day. It's always a good day. Let me put it this way. To blame the day is like blaming the pan for burning the food. You don't throw away the pan because the food is burnt. Don't throw away your faith just because the day is not pleasant. It's a good day because Jesus is still there. The sun is still shining even when you can't see it. Don't blame the pan. Don't get rid of Jesus just because you don't get the outcome you want. And because there's a lot of burnt places in your life that you know that you've got to repent of and get rid of, the pan is not the problem let's deal with the things that we in our lives have made a mess of because we weren't paying attention to what we had on the stove we mess up our lives and then we blame the pan and so we throw the pan away and say lord you didn't you didn't uh, pay attention you didn't keep an eye on on my life but now it's a mess Don't throw the Lord away just because you have messed up your life. Quit blaming God for the things you have done. Someone said, well, I I want the Lord to make all my decisions. The Lord is not going to do that. He gave you a brain, honey. Use it. I'm not near done preaching. I'm going to beat this devil all the way to the ground until I see his dirt and dust. Jesus begins to break this down. He says in Matthew 5, 43, the words of Jesus, he says, Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. 44th verse, But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Sounds to me like my interpretation is in this passage, Jesus is saying, get the chip off your shoulder. Because you're always going to have haters. Do good to them that what? Hate you. They're always going to be haters. People are always going to disappoint you. But what does he say? He says, love them. Why? 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 It says in the next verse, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. So that you can belong to him and not to the problem. Don't hate them, because if you hate them, all you see is their trouble. He said, but I didn't just come to save those that need not a physician. I came to save the messed up, jacked up, the mentally abused, sexually abused, the drug addict. Oh, hear what I'm saying. Those that have cheated, robbed, and stole, I came to seek and to save them which are lost. I got to say to the church, you need to quit qualifying people to be saved when you're not on the throne. It is up to him to say who shall come and who shall not. And that's why he is saying right here, you need to love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. Someone said, well, I'm not going to be used by nobody. I'm not going to be used by nobody. Nobody's going to use me. Well, you need to just pull it up from your bootstraps one day, and if you haven't gone through it, you will be used by somebody. And you can't hold it for the rest of your life against those people. Maybe you will protect yourself and not do what you have done in the past. But still, you need to love them. Why? That they may be the children of the Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun, the sun, the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. He sendeth rain on the just as well as the unjust. You know what he's saying? He's saying, you're not the only one entitled to this. The sun is always there. But when the clouds come in, everybody say the clouds. He says it's going to rain on you. The sun's going to rise and it's going to shine upon everyone. And also the rain is going to be upon everyone. See, what he is trying to get you to understand is there's something in your problem that will produce life. Uh, I, I, I got to come down here. Where you, I, I'm not sure you're hearing what I'm saying. Amen. What he is really saying is the sun is going to be on the evil as well as the good, but we're going to have cloudy days. But when it rains, but when it rains, Don't discount the problem because your rain is what's going to produce the seed. And unless you're willing to die as a grain of wheat fall to the earth and die, you'll never do any good with just sun. You gotta have some clouds. You gotta have some rain. You gotta have some things in your life that will give you a reason to have faith in God. And He says, "When it rains, when it rains, I will give that seed life. It will germinate and it will grow and become something it could not have been with just sun alone." I gotta put some trial on you, Job. Otherwise, you'll never know what it is that faith and trust in your God. Jesus said this Jesus is showing us that the sun will rise on the evil and the good and sendeth rain on the just as well as the unjust there's not a problem that will come in my life that God is not in control of and he's saying every time you have a problem and trouble in your life I'll make it to the good of your future clouds Rain and storms will bring life to your faith. 46 verse, for if he loved them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans do the same? It's reciprocating. How many of you have ever been around someone that always has a little ledger? It says, okay, uh, I took you out for lunch, so now you owe me. Don't you remember 100 years ago when I did this for you? (laughs) Don't you remember when we took you guys out? Now you owe me, you owe me. How how many have friends like that? Those are not friends, I'm going to tell you right now. Those are not friends. If you do that, please don't raise your hand. He says, what what, what reward do you have when you only love them when they love you? When you love them that love you, then you always see the sun, but you never see the cloud. And if you never see the cloud, you never reap the benefits of the rain. But when you look at a life that's broken, and a life that's full of trouble, that ought to motivate you. To see something beyond the cloud. Oh, I'm talking to somebody right now. That's why every day is a good day. Why? Because every soul matters. Every problem matters. Every situation and circumstance I go through matters. He says the publicans know how to love those that love them back. But what reward do you have? And if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? You're not doing anything but everybody else does. Someone hates you, can you still love them? There's so much hate in our world right now, I cannot believe it. It doesn't make me hate them. I am not gonna hate them. If you do, shame on you. You need to be the first of this altar before this service is over. But I'm not gonna hate them. Why? Because I understand something that is greater. He says, and if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans do so? He is saying to his disciples, you're better than this. You're better because you are a disciple. You understand me to be more than the moment and the situation of someone's circumstances. So he says in the 48th verse, but ye therefore... Perfect, be ye therefore perfect, be ye therefore perfect, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. This scripture has been taken out of context and many, many people abuse this because you can never and I can never arrive to perfection. Perfection is not in self Get what I just said. I want you all to hear me and hear me well. Perfection is not in self, but the perfection is in the one that is in us. We are not like everybody else. I said we are not like everybody else. We live beyond the moment. We live beyond the moment. And it says in Romans, I'm about ready to conclude if you all stand. And the music comes. We live beyond the cloud. We live beyond the moment. Romans 5, 3 says this, And not only so, but we glory in, what does it say? We do what? We glory in. Why? Knowing that tribulation worketh what? Patience. Do you know that word patience means rest? In other words, you ought to be able to lay your head down on your pillow and rest in your trial. When the devil comes in like a flood, I just snuggle up and say, okay, I'm ready. It's getting ready to happen. I'm going to trust in my God because he's going to prove himself once again. And he's going to show that sooner or later these clouds shall be moved and the rain shall be moved and the seed is in the ground and the sun comes out. And when the sun comes out, it brings life into my being. Then he says in the fourth verse of Romans, it says, and patience, experience, and experience, hope. He said, it worketh patience. I glory in my tribulation because it worketh patience, and then patience worketh experience, and experience gives me hope. I have hope. If I never go through a problem, I'll never understand what it is to have hope. Hope is a reality of a circumstance. 2020. I'm going to tell you, when that hit, it came in like a flood. There was a lot of people confused. Even your pastor said, I haven't had so much hope in all my life that I'm having right now. I hope this is going to change. I hope we're going to get through this. I hope the church survives. Patience worketh worketh experience, and experience gives hope. Experience. I've had this happen to me before where I've had to have a faith in God that goes beyond what I'm experiencing right now. And when I have that hope, I hope things are going to change. I hope it's it's looking beyond the circumstances and saying, I have my hope in Jesus Christ. I hope, Lord, this is not its not a Job thing going on here with everybody. I, I'd like to bypass the Job stuff because that's pretty heavy stuff. But I sure would like to see, Lord, you show yourself real in 2020 so that while we're in 2021, we can prove the devil wrong and we stand up strong. Hmm. My posture. The beautiful spring day and the cool nights are simply the absence of weather. This is what I want you to understand. The beautiful spring day and the cool nights are the absence of, I'm going to use the word, bad weather. And it's a sad thing when people can only be happy if it's a beautiful day. Beautiful day based on what their perception of a beautiful day would be. Some can only be happy if the moment is right. Only if the moment is right. I guess really what I'm trying to say today in conclusion is that some people that come to church only come to church because there is a problem. That's not a bad reason. I'm not here to judge that. But I am here to tell you that you're coming really for the wrong reason. At least you're here. That's good. But you're coming for the wrong reason. Because God is worthy of more than just your bad day. So what would, what, what would happen if we came to church today and simply said, well, Lord, I'm, I'm not going to focus on what I've been through last week. And I'm not going to focus on it just being a bad day. I'm, I'm going to focus on your God and you always be God and you change not. So I'm just going to trust in you. So instead of coming with asking for a solution, I'm here saying, Lord, give me strength to go through it rather than to remove it. <laughs> give me strength. Give me strength. Because I know, Lord, if I can get through this, I'm going to be a better person. If I prove the devil wrong and prove all those that have been my haters and have backstabbed me and said no you can't be saved and you'll never be saved and you've gone too far and you said too much and you was raised in a culture that is now marked off i refuse and i rebuke that spirit right now there is never a time in your life that you have ever gone too far but he's waiting for you to quit showing up with all your problems and say oh i can't get through it No, just say god you're good God, you're great. If you want me to go through this, I accept it and I will lift up my head and I will have a posture to let the enemy know that I am going to overcome every problem in my life. I am going to go through it. I am not going to ask you to remove it. I'm going to go through it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, though I walk, I'm not asking you, God, to take me out. I know I got to make steps through this problem. I know I got to get through some issues in my life. I know there's some issues in my mind. I'm messed up in my psychological thinking. But God, I know if I just keep going through this valley, I shall fear no evil. I know the rain's going to come and I know the clouds are going to hover over me and it seems bleak and dark. But God, You're still God. God, you're still faithful. God, you're still on the throne. God, you're ready to do a work in my life. And I'm not going to complain, but I'm going to rejoice with a joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. If you feel that like your pastors preach to you, step out, step out where you are. Come down to this altar as quick as you can and say, God, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready to accept where I am, and I'm gonna put my faith and my trust in you.
1: God knows only how to try you for my